And now on the phone with me is Redmond City Councilor Tobias Colvin. Tobias, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing, Frank? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for spending a little time with us here this morning. Tell us, first of all, a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, I am a city councilor here with the city of Redmond. I'm also the general manager of SCP Redmond, which is the historic new Redmond Hotel in downtown. So uh, I've been uh, in this community for about five years, and I moved here with my family. We love the the area and the people that uh, I get to interact with on a daily basis. And your uh, background has mostly been in the hospitality industry? That's correct. I've been doing this 23, 24 years in my career now. I've um, been all over the country and in, uh, in the Virgin Islands. Uh, I was in Texas. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, all over the place. So you've seen a lot of communities that have uh, a lot of tourist areas, if you will. And uh, Absolutely. How, how's that experience going to benefit Redmond? Well, um, I was uh, fortunate to be uh, the GM of the, the reopening this 100-year-old building. Uh, we did a $7.2 million renovation. And uh, my experience with uh, big hotels, small hotels, resorts versus city hotels, kind of uh, it, it, it's all there in that downtown building. We have four outlets, uh, food and beverage-wise, and uh, 48 rooms. So uh love being a part of the, the hospitality community and, and now the, the community of uh, counselors here in, in Redmond. So uh, last night there was some discussion on a tourism commission? Yeah, so we uh, just approved a new commission here in Redmond uh, that is called the Tourism and Lodging Advisory Committee. So uh, much like Bend and Sisters, there's a lot of tourism that happens in Central Oregon, and uh, we get a 9% uh, tax on all room rates. So basically taxing our, our visitors that come to the area to help uh, with our general fund. So about 78% of that 9% goes to police, road improvements, water, sewer, et cetera, while 22% is required to go to tourism-related activities. Now, five, ten years ago, it was we didn't have a whole lot of tourism here in Redmond, uh, so it was like under 100,000. So that went to some advertising, running our welcome center, and some local events. Uh, now it's uh, well over 300,000, and we're seeing it go even up with the Farewell Five Festivals, this new Cascade Equinox Festival that's happening this month. We have General Duffy's concerts, High Desert Music Hall, a lot of great restaurants and breweries in the area. So there's a lot of people coming to Redmond, so that, that's going to balloon to half a million, maybe a million dollars in the near future. So we wanted uh, a committee to help uh, allocate that those dollars to things. So uh, you know, isolating marketing that we want to do, maybe um, something out of the fairground needs a little bit of support. So we're trying to get these uh, these committee members there. So we, we have an application up on redmondoregon.gov under government and commissions and committees. So if anyone in the Redmond area is interested, we'd love to see their application. We have three at-large positions and four tourism-specific positions. Anything specific you're looking for in qualifications for candidates? Obviously, tourism would be awesome. Um, we, uh, we have backgrounds in DMOs, which is destination ma- management organizations, such as Travel Oregon, Visit Bend, um, uh, Visit Central Oregon. All those organizations have great backgrounds. Also, just businesses in the downtown core. You know, they have a best interest in how those dollars are spent, so we want, want their input. Since you've been in the industry, what sort of lessons do you think you can glean from what's happened around the city of Redmond with Sisters, with Ben, things like that? 
Um, I'm sorry, I didn't really get that question. Um, what sort of things do you want the, the committee to focus on in learning from uh, the good and maybe the missteps of both Sisters and Bend and other surrounding communities? So I think uh, Ben and Kevney specifically does a great job of uh, integrating, hey, there has to be sustainable tourism. We can't just have a whole lot of people coming from outside of the area and impacting our citizens because it has to be hand-in-hand. So uh, having some of that money go towards uh, something that will help the community um, and be more sustainable, uh, as may, may not making more trash in our fairgrounds or dumping things around and, you know, having money go towards people to clean things up after they, their visits or festivals like that. So, you know, I'd love to see some sustainability, but I'd also like to see more out, outreach. Um, Redmond is kind of the third rung on the, the visitation <laughs> ladder, if you will. You have sisters, you have Ben, the great grad. I'm not trying to steal their market share at all, but I, I think Redmond has a lot to be uh, proud of, and I think there's there's some uh, some tourism to be had here. All right, let's move on then to another subject. Last night at the the, the uh, meeting, a uh, Trish Davis spoke up to the Redmond City Council regarding the Oasis Village. First of all, uh, Tell me what Oasis Village is and then what uh, Ms. Davis's concerns were. Yeah, so Oasis Village is a, an idea that's been going back a lot of years, um, and there's some concerned citizens that are trying to build some shelter. So these uh, Oasis Village is a low-barrier shelter. It's outside the city limits. We actually got a lease from the county uh, for a small acreage for 15 shelters uh, with a community building uh, that will have, you know, refrigerators, some cooking uh, equipment. But these shelters are very basic. You think uh, almost camping, but uh, having actual shelters. Um, Hayden Homes is helping us build some of them along with some high schoolers and things. So right now it'll open hopefully by early next year with 15 shelters, uh, hopefully about 25 to 30 with a full build-out. It has a central service, but it is a low-barrier shelter, so it's not anyone can come. You have There are some restrictions on who can come, and uh, it it is supposed to be helping us enforce the codes that we have in place. So the, the new law uh, that came out of the Boise decision says that you can't displace homeless people on public land unless you have shelter space. Well, we don't have any shelter space currently, so we're trying to build it so that we can displace problem persons into a place that would be outside of city limits and would be good for them because we have essential services that will be surrounding that area as well. So um, the the person that uh, spoke with us uh, yesterday was concerned because they live in um, Paul Butte uh, West, which is about five miles away from this area. Um, so I understand neighbors being uh, upset, and that's why we placed it where it is, is because it's kind of away from a lot of things. It's in the, the middle of uh, kind of the the junipers, as we say, uh, and there's supposed to be some big development with Core 3 that will be going right next to it, which is between Powell Butte West and us. So we think the placement is great, uh, but we definitely hear her concern. But it sounds like her concerns are, are a little late in the game because you're already planning on having people in there by the end of the year. Correct. Yeah, we've been talking about this since I started in January, and we've been bringing it to council meetings almost every other one, talking about uh, laying power and water and essential services under 126. Um, 
um, getting approval and getting the lease from the county lands. Uh, so we've talked with the county and got those leases done. So we've been talking about it for almost a year now. And then beyond this, it's only 15 tiny homes. Uh, what other uh, solutions are you working on? So just north of there, we're trying to add an RV park. So it's not one that you're, you're going to send your family to, but one where we can ha- displace people that aren't aren't technically homeless. They have an RV that they park maybe out in the in the county lands or the department uh, BLM lands, and giving them a place where they could hook up to water and power, and they would have to pay a lease or a, a smaller, lesser amount um, to help them get back on their feet. So um, that's going to be just north of that area. Um, and uh, Mountain View is going to be running that, and they they do the safe parking program currently, which is a lot higher barrier. There's a lot of uh, there's someone that checks in with them every week, makes sure that they're doing what they're supposed to, make sure there's no trash that's hanging outside of it, and there's there's a lot of conditions that come along with it. But it helps people that are are working poor. They have jobs, um, they are trying to you know better themselves. And we want to give them that opportunity to get from that RV into an apartment and move their way into uh, market rate eventually. About how far away is that in, in terms of time? In time? Um, that's going to be following. Uh, we want to get the shelter open first, and then uh, after that we'll, we'll start the, the process. Um, we, we still The big hurdle that we just got over was getting those, uh, those utilities under the 126 working with ODOT to make sure that we can open up the roads so that we can get, lay those lines. So that's the big thing that we're, we're working on this fall, and that will be um, telling us if we, we're going to be on, on pace to get where we want. All right. Redmond City Councilor Tobias Colvin. Tobias, thank you very much for spending a little time with us here this morning. My pleasure, Frank. Have a great morning. FM News 100.1, 1110, KBND.